Welcome to the FRC Digital Podcast. This podcast is part of the FRC Digital Ministry put out by Fellowship Reformed Church in Hudsonville, Michigan. Just a reminder that with this episode, there is a downloadable companion worksheet at frchudsonville.org under resources. This episode is about asking the question, what about sports in church history? In this episode, we're going to talk about the history of the church and how sports was understood in the various ages of the church. I'm your regular host, Pastor Tim Leisinga. Joining me for this episode is Pastor Earl Slotman. Earl is the pastor of visitation at Fellowship Reformed Church and brings with him the wisdom of having been part of church ministry in some form for a number of years. Welcome, Earl. Why don't you go go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about your ministry background? Well, Pastor Tim, thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of this. Uh, I've been involved in church ministry ever since uh, high school. First, I was a peer leader in the high school youth groups and then teaching Sunday school, volunteering in youth groups. And then I spent summers out at Camp Geneva as a counselor, eventually going uh, through school and seminary and have served churches in Clearwater, Florida, DeMott, Indiana, Fulton, Illinois, Cedar Grove, Wisconsin, and now serving as a minister of visitation here, um, literally over four or five decades of ministry. Wow. Okay. So great. Um, so really, I'm older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, for, for someone like you who has that vast experience, you know, one of the first questions I would ask is, uh, in your years in ministry, have you ever found theology of sports to be a common topic? I have never found it to be a topic at all, let alone to be a common topic. So I, I'm interested in this conversation we can have together about it. Uh, well, um, you know, one of the things I, I think where you can kind of notice this is if you go on Amazon and you look for theological works specifically on the subject of sports, you really just don't find very much or anything at all. Um uh, if you look for sexual ethics, you see a lot. Church leadership, you see a lot. But uh, when it comes to sports, uh, just not a conversation for some odd reason we're, 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 uh, we're not having. Um, uh, well, as you've gotten older, though, um, have you just seen any changes generically in maybe just in American culture uh, compared to when you were younger? Oh, absolutely. When I was growing up, you, you need to understand that I grew up in a rural community. And um, I don't know that there was any organized sports uh, for anybody under junior high. Um, and so that started to creep in a little bit as I got older, that there was more of the little league. And that was the only thing I knew about for anything elementary that was organized. But, you know, over the years, there's just been an explosion of um opportunity for younger kids to be involved in organized sports. And there's also uh, a lot more publicity about sports than there used to be. It used to be when, when I was starting to grow up, we could get uh, on radio or TV a team or two of baseball and of football. And that was about it. Uh, so those are the only things that were publicized or in the media. Today, you can get any sport on a multitude of channels, and you can right. play any sport right. on, a, on a multitude of kinds of teams. So, yes, there has been an explosion of sports just in my my lifetime. So it's, it's interesting then that um, most of what we're going to talk about today when it comes to sports is coming from men in the past. 
Um, you know, so we've seen this big explosion of sports in our country, but it's still not a conversation we're having um, as far as understanding sports. And maybe, maybe the feeling is there isn't a connection there. Um, but if we do go back to church history, um, and let's just start with the early church fathers. So the, for those who don't know, early church fathers is a, a description uh, that is often used to describe those who were church leaders, first five, six hundred years of church history. Uh, so we're talking about men such as uh, Justin Martyr, Clement of Rome, Polycarp, uh, and probably the most notable one would be the North African bishop by the name of Augustine. Um, based on their writing um, in understanding the culture of the time, most of their issue with sports was around the conver- uh, conversated around 1 Corinthians uh, 8 and 10. Uh, so let's just maybe start there. Um, Give me your understanding, Earl, of what is going on in 1 Corinthians 8 and 10. Well, 1 Corinthians 8 and 10 specifically, Paul is writing about eating meat that has been offered to idols and to stay away from that. And and he's trying to stay away from telling people to stay away from anything that smacks of idolatry. So if there has been something sacrificed to an idol, then even though those idols are are no gods, they're they're nothings, I think his his emphasis was anything that takes away from the worship of God and you put your emphasis on something else, stay away from that because you don't want to get drawn into something that's going to draw you away from Christ. That's generically what I see is happening there. And then, of course, the early church fathers saw that um, that was happening in the whole realm of uh, sports at the, in their day. Right, right. So, so idols are bad. Uh, I think Paul even says that idols are nothing. So the, they're false gods. They, you know, they are, you know, in the Old Testament, you, there's actually a, a passage in Isaiah where he makes fun of people for worshiping stone and wood yes. be, because yes. they're nothing. They can't really do anything for you. But Paul also points out that many times with those pagan worships, there there is the demonic. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're not supposed to be in the habit of of, of knowingly participating um, in something that is involved in pagan worship, and especially, and again, First Corinthians eight and ten, especially not something that could cause division uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. Um, and as you mentioned, early sporting events, uh, whether the the Olympic Games in Athens or the Isthmus Games or the games that would happen in Rome, uh, were almost exclusively centered around pagan worship. Um, they were often honored to the gods. There was often sacrifices to the god. And so for the early church fathers, um, sports really were in the context of pagan worship. Uh, and so they were really a, a big no-no. Um, and so at this point, I think somebody would ask the question, is that still something we need to worry about? And, and what would be your opinion, Earl? Certainly my opinion is that we shouldn't be engaged in anything that would smack of the demonic that would lead toward the demonic, or the demonic is influenced. I, I personally certainly believe the demonic is alive and well in the world today. Uh, whether that is, it, I don't think it is visible in the, the area of sports and in uh, either recreational or professional sports. I, I just don't see that being... Uh, specifically um, 
sacrifice to a god or uh, an idolic idolatry kind of thing. But I certainly do see when excesses can lead to demonic things or, or sure. the way the demonic would lead. Sure. So that's where I see a connection. Uh, I don't see um, the Little League team out in the backyard doing a seance. Right. Uh, those, those kinds of things right. are happening. Right, yeah. There's there's no um, honor of, you know, to Zeus, you know, after a Little League ball game. Correct. Or, and, and frankly, not we don't really don't see it at a professional level either, of course. Um so um, that kind of leads to uh, just understanding, again, church history and understanding, you know, uh, Constantine becomes uh, the first Christian emperor. Uh, this has a, a huge impact on the culture, uh, on the Roman Empire. Um, and so because he wanted to make things more Christian, uh, that really starts the decoupling of uh, paganism with sports in, in general. Um so as we move now further uh, into that, we have the the rise of the monastic orders, um, who uh, who saw that sports could be redeemed um, and become a part of of Christian life. Monastic orders, uh, for those who might not know what that means, uh, so we're talking about monks and nuns, those who, um, I guess, the idea was to make your commitment to God so that seven days a week. You know, 12 hours a day, everything you were doing was centered around your worship uh, of God. And, and so they would, you know, found orders. They would find, you know, places out in the wilderness and they would build buildings and they would kind of separate themselves out um, uh, from that. But they began to see sports um, as an opportunity to have a healthy body. Um, from the monastics, we also can see the rise of the, the Christian knight. Uh, the, the medieval time, the Renaissance, um, in, in the idea of competition uh, and how it was good for, for the, the heart and mind and body to be a part of, of competition. And I think I've even mentioned to you, you know, like that heritage is even seen in the fact that um, it was monks who actually discovered Babe Ruth and his ability uh, to play baseball. Yeah, but I was more interested in the whole Knights thing that would— in the competition, it could actually be deadly right. in a competition. So you talk about sharpness of ability, sharpness of mind, sharpness of knowing your limits and your weaknesses right. uh, were, were definitely heightened. Um, and, and certainly, I don't know any of the, the knights personally, <laughs> nor Babe Ruth, by the, for that matter. But s those who were able to sharpen their their mental and physical abilities to such an extent that they could excel right. um, was both then in, in the Knights and in Babe Ruth, obviously, was seen as a good thing. Right. And, and not only seen as a good thing by the monastic orders, but also by the culture, by everybody. Right. This was something to be celebrated. Right. Right. And so that that really is where the decoupling from paganism uh, happened in, in the rise of maybe a more general acceptance among the Christian faith, um, whether we're talking about Eastern and Western Europe or North Africa, uh, where predominantly where Christians were at that point, um, uh, there really was an embracing. Let's go a little bit further into church history. So we have um, the Reformation and guys like John Calvin 
um, who did talk a little bit about sports. But once again, we're still long before we get to the the birth of professional sports. Um, so for for Calvin, and then we'll, we'll get a little bit further along to someone like Spurgeon. Uh, sports was paganism is sports, just just not the issue. Um, and Calvin wrote extensively about just enjoying life. Uh, Calvin loved a good lawn party. Um, and there's even some uh, some suggestion that, that Calvin was a, a fan of the sport of lawn bowling. Uh, I guess I think today would be more known as like bocce ball. Um, it, it, for Calvin, though, he would say that was good to do on a Friday night, but not something you should be doing on Sunday mm. because that was supposed yep. to be the day that was – uh, given to the Lord. Um, we go a few hundred years further, we do get to someone like Charles Spurgeon, who had a tremendous influence on the Christian faith, uh, who himself was very influenced by the Puritan order, who, going back further, were connected to Calvin. Um, Spurgeon took the same position. Uh, he saw sports as something for amateurs, for children, not a profession, not something men should be doing to make a living. Uh, but he would agree in the sense of this is not something to do on Sunday. Um, so that brings me to Romans 14. Paul makes this comment about how some men make a day sacred and other men treat the day the same. And Paul says basically both are okay. Um, now the the question I have is would you apply that to sports in Sunday? Do you believe, let me maybe put it this way, um, is it okay for someone to believe that sports are not okay for Sunday and for others to believe that sports is okay for Sunday? Well, that's an interesting way to frame that question. Uh, let me tell you a little my experience. My experience is that growing up, we, we had those Sunday rules of what you could do, what you couldn't do. And uh, for instance, we could ride our bicycles in the yard, but not on the road. Never understood that. I still don't understand it. <laughs> we could throw a, a baseball to each other, but we could not have a game on Sunday. Um, we could not do anything that would cause another person to work. Uh, we were definitely influenced to think that the day was set aside as as a day for worship and for rest. Competition then was not rest in my father's way of thinking. Sure. So, sure. so that's the way I grew up. Now, as I was um, raising my kids, we I tried to emphasize that Sunday was a day set aside, um, and yet my couple of my kids were on traveling teams that we allowed them to play in those organized sports on Sunday afternoon. We kept Sunday morning as special, but not Sunday afternoon. Uh, so I don't know what kind of hypocrite that makes me. Um, but um, I think we, as a, certainly as a culture today, I'm maybe getting a little off the question, but as a culture today, we have said, there's nothing special about Sunday. If you want to go to church, fine. But we're going to do any kind of organized sports, any kind of other things. Sunday is just a day we're not having to worry about uh, where we go to work. So right. we don't have those scheduling issues. Right. So um, in that, to me, it, it 
I, 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 I'm just thinking that Paul would not say that it's, I'm thinking anyway, that Paul would not say that it was bad to have, do sports on Sunday. It was bad to, it is bad to dismiss worship, dismiss God, and not take that opportunity to reconnect with God and, and his kingdom sure. in a special way on Sunday. When that happens, I think Paul would have a, an issue with that. Sure. While I would have an issue with that as well. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, th that really starts, it opens a, a, a good conversation. And uh, there might be a lot of people who are familiar with Eric Liddell and, and Chariots yes. of Fire yeah. um, and the fact that he would not compete uh, on Sunday. Um, the uh, We have a gentleman in our church, actually, who tried out and made the Detroit Tigers, mm. um, I think, in the 1960s. Um, he was a young man. He said he called, he was telling me the story. He was saying he called his mom and mom said that he was only allowed to be on the team as long as he wasn't going to play on Sunday. So he ended up not joining the Detroit Tigers over that particular issue. I mean, that, that you think about that, how his course of life was changed dramatically by saying, I'm not going to do this on Sunday. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, you know, but if you go back and you think of the the principle of 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 the Sabbathing when it comes to Israel, uh, clearly the point that was laid out there was um, they were to stop being busy for the purpose of trying to live. You know, they they were supposed to be trusting the Lord one day a week. Trust the Lord that it, that you don't have to tend to your crops, you don't have to tend to your sheep, you don't have to do that. He will take care of them. Um, and I think there might be a principle there uh, that we can we can maybe apply and say, hey, you know, um, if your motivation might be like my kid's not going to get this scholarship if he doesn't go to this thing on Sunday, maybe that's a principle you need to stop and go. Okay, am I trusting the Lord in this or not? Um, you know, and it, is it, I can stop, and I think we're going to have a, an episode that maybe deals a little bit more with that, but it does bring up that question, doesn't it? Absolutely, because even you know, while my kids were on traveling sports teams, not one of them got a scholarship yeah. uh, by athletics, and yet God provided for them financially to be able to go uh, to school and get a, a college education. Sure. So it, uh, yeah, where do we put our trust? Are we putting our trust in the the man-made mechanisms um, and the hopes that maybe an excellence in sports will get a scholarship. Uh, certain ones will do that, but that's certainly when you look at the numbers, the very less than ten percent of high school athletes play a college sport. Right, and many of those are non-scholarship sports that they play. So, sure. Uh, so I think we I think we're coming to the same conclusion here that it is okay for for someone to believe that sports are a no go on Sunday and it is okay for somebody to believe that sports are okay on Sunday. Yes. Um, because really the principle is down to do you do you take the time to stop and worship? Do you take the time to trust the Lord in what you're doing? And and is that a guiding principle generally? Whether you're going to call Sunday special or you're going to treat every day the same, the general principle is still 
Um, are you trusting the Lord to take care of you or to take care of the thing that you're worried about? Um, and so, and, and I, I actually really believe it's good and healthy for Christians to be going to church uh, with people that may not share those personal convictions. Evolve uh, some robust conversation, uh, but we shouldn't be separating into First Baptist Church of pro sports and First Baptist <laughs> Church of anti sports. Um, Very true. Right. Very true. Just, just like we we shouldn't be um, separating ourselves like the the church back in Corinth was separating because some would eat meat and others were only eating. Uh, meat, uh, vegetables, and he, right. he's saying that, that really is a non-issue, folks. Don't let it divide you. Right. Uh, so yes. Right. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of that in First Corinthians. Uh, a, a number of issues uh, that were coming up that were dividing the church. Right. And, and Paul's letter to them was was really a a rebuke uh, to that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of of separating separating over non-essentials. Yes. Um, so, uh, so now we've so we've moved from the early church fathers to the Middle Ages to now Spurgeon would put us uh, into the late 1800s, uh, and and really around the turn of the century. So around 1900s, we begin to see the arrival of professional baseball and football and basketball, um, but it was still leading into the first you know probably 30 years of the 1900s. It was still something that was very recreational. Um, you and I were though talking about the fact that baseball really was the first sport to capture national attention. Yes, um, and then probably after that, basketball had a, a had kind of had a heyday there in the seventies, um, and then of course the explosion of American football, which is by and far the number one sport in America is American football. Um, and it seems to me, so I'm forty one years old. Um, it, I it seems to me everybody my age and younger growing up. Everybody played at least one year on a sports team. Ah, yeah. You know, and obviously, as you were saying earlier, that was not the case when you were growing up. And it does lead us back to, so why aren't we talking about this? You know, um, I think there might be some of that division that we're worried about is like, well, I don't want to bring this topic up because people have very strong feelings about it. Mm. Um, and I think we can come back and go, okay, Romans 14, it's okay for you to have those strong feelings about it's okay for me to do this or okay, not okay for me to do this, but it should not be a divisive issue. Would you agree? I would agree. Um, and, and just even as we've been talking today, I, I think it's a really good thing for us to be looking at uh, a broad stroke of the history of, of sports and how the church has dealt with that in so many different ways. Um, I love the the monastic trying to redeem everything, and so sports. Let's let's redeem sports. I didn't. They didn't do that immediately in their monastic movement, but later on they saw that that was a valuable thing. Um, and so, how involved people are in sports, um, even in my lifetime. You know, I'm not as old as Spurgeon, but um, they're. There has certainly been a movement in culture to embrace that um, there's a multitude of different ideas of what level of um, involvement we're going to have with this. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, 
I've just been wandering uh, verbally here. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I think, you know, what I was saying is it's like this is not a device. It should not yes. be a divisive issue. Right. You know, right. um, but then that begs the question. So the early church fathers dealt with paganism in sports. Uh, the Middle Ages, it was competition in, in um, uh, being Christian in our sports. Um, and then we get to Spurgeon and Calvin, then to Spurgeon, and it's about, okay, sports are okay, but let's not do them on Sunday. Uh, and again, in, in Spurgeon's case, he would also say amateur sports were okay, but not professional sports. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, so my question, if you could maybe be a prophet here for a minute, uh, what do you think, maybe let's say 100 years from now, if somebody, two people are sitting down and doing a podcast what do you think is going to be the issue right now in church history as far as sports and the church? What do you think are the things that are, are coming up that we need to talk about? Hmm. I, I've been notoriously bad at being a, a prophet, but <laughs> just trying to, to see what the, the culture is doing and how the culture um, pulls people away from a focus on God and, and the fo focus on God's kingdom and, and what the good news is about redeeming life, uh, not only your uh, spiritual life, but also physical life and recreational life. We, we have a lot more recreational time now, and I anticipate there will be as much recreational time into the future as we have now. Um, so what do we do with that recreational time? Uh, if it's something... I. I think that that people will will take more intentionality in the future of saying, "What am I going to do in my free time?" Right, and, and I think the experimental parts of sports. I played baseball when I was ten years old, and I didn't like it. Uh, I think that's going to be very common. Um, and I think there's going to be those who will say, I played at baseball at 10 years old. It turned me on. And I was so excited about it and think that the one who that it, it's very potentially causing division of setting. I, I see sports. Those who have been into sports today even being a little bit more um Nose up in the air. I I played sports. I'm an athlete, and you're sure. not. Sure, uh, kind of a thing. And, and so I don't see that waning uh, real quick. Uh, but unless there's these in, um, intentional conversations about it, right? To say, well, sure, you played baseball when you're in high school, and you you even made the college team, but. Does that make you a better person or closer to God? Then I just worked, you know, doing a regular job all those years. And what's the difference? Right. And I honestly, I think that's that's a pretty spot on prognostication, you know, in the sense of we currently live in a culture uh, where athletes are celebrities. Yes. Okay. And if, if we're just honest about it, a lot of us feel like those who are celebrities are just a little bit better than us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is why we get so excited when one of those celebrities starts talking about Jesus. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. 
you know, people like Tim Tebow, and I, I'm, I know his faith is sincere. It's just like I, I watched the, the rise of Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. um, and I think there were just so many people who were so excited, um, thinking that suddenly our faith was relevant because this particular celebrity athlete was talking about it. Yes. Um, yeah. he, he was, and he was using his celebrity status as a platform. To bring the gospel or to big, bring good news out, um, and uh, he, and unfortunately, I think many Christians thought, "Yeah, go Tim Tebow," but that did not translate down to me talking with my neighbor. Right, right. Um, but, you know, and I think you know that. The, that's perfectly on the nose, I think. It's just simply, um, and that trickles down. So if our culture is looking at athletes as something special, celebrity, I mean, obviously even college athletes, you know, the um, a lot of time, I mean, you know, it's been on the news a lot as far as, you know, they're starting to recruit as young as middle school now, Crazy. you know, Crazy. trying to identify those guys who have, the talent as early as possible so that an organization can groom them. Like Babe Ruth got seen by the monastics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where is the talent? Where is, and, and yet that's being done in other realms of life or other areas of life as well. But there is a certain amount of celebrityism in sports right now that uh, is a, a quick platform for a lot of different things. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think to, to, to wrap that all up, I, I think you're right in the sense of maybe 100 years from now, uh, if two guys are having this conversation, they might be looking at our era and go, boy, they really, because sports became such a big thing in, in American West culture, uh, because sports athletes became so celebrated, that there was an unintentional or unneeded, I should say, division um, whether that division was the question of whether or not activities should be taking you away from church or that question of athletes in your church being seen as perhaps better than, mm. um, or honestly, the other direction, athletes being seen as less than because, you know, that kind of that repulsive, well, this is popular, so I'm going to be against it. Uh, and so you're going to have athletes who are going to feel like, well, I grew up in church and everybody thought what I was doing was wrong. And, and we can hope in a hundred years that they'll be able to say, but but since then we've had these conversations about that, and and you know what I go to a church where both both of those groups are fully active, those who couldn't care less about sports and those who love sports, and they mix well because we've had these conversations that that's an issue that's not we're not going to hold anybody as better than one another. Right, but rather to see we're all equal in the sight of God here. So let's all be um, using our our influence in the world how we can. Right, right, and I, I would say that's connected to Paul's uh, use kind of idea in Ephesians two um, of that, that third race mentality. There were Jews, yes. and then there were Gentiles, but. But now this wall has broken down to create something new, mm. you know. Yes. And so that third race mentality of saying, you know what? Yeah, they don't care about sports. They do care about sports. 
we belong to this particular group together. Our identity is so much bigger and deeper and more important than whether or not uh, we think it's okay to play sports or if we did play sports um, or, or didn't play sports, you know, um, I think that's, uh, uh, I, I think that's a, a good idea to, to think about. Hopefully we move in the direction of saying, you know what, because of our connection in Christ, because of our unity in Christ, uh, this should not be a divisive uh, issue in the church. Um, so just to, to kind of wrap ourselves up, um, you were you and I were having a conversation the other day about because of the explosion in American sports, really the the uh, it's become the new town square. Mm-hmm. where conversations are happening. Um, and you were mentioning about how going to see, I think, your grandkids yes. to play sports. Um, it's actually where you interact with your neighbors, um, your community neighbors, maybe not directly yes. across the street neighbors, but um, where you can have these conversations. And, and I thought about that uh, significantly since we've had that conversation and been to several sporting events since then. And, um, and those... The, the living of life together is, is a, a very small slice of life. The, there are not the conversations that I see um, outside of sports going on. My, my son does a much better job than I do of engaging with parents of other kids. Uh, just to, hi, how you doing? He remembers where they work and, and some of those kind of things. He's He's got a great uh, connection with that, maybe because it's, that's his child and not just a grandchild. Um, but um, the, the town square is being a place where there's an engagement of ideas and um, trying to maybe convince somebody or even bring news uh, around. Uh, that's very limited in if, however, if somebody was intentional, about letting their light shine while they're a fan in those places, it would be a great, um, great place to let your light shine, uh, like a town square would have been. Yeah, and I think that's a great lead into a future episode. We're going to sit down with some athletes and some coaches and uh, people like that who who spent time and maybe currently spend time in that arena and in, in talking about letting their light shine in in that context. Um, so, Tim, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with this <laughs> whole um, series that you're doing and the direction that it's going. I, I think it's going to be interesting down the road. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Earl for coming on the show. I uh, encourage you to keep an eye out for the next episode. For those of you who are enrolled in FRC Digital, let me encourage you to mark it in your schedule when they're going to be an in-person gathering. So an opportunity maybe to have a conversation with me and Earl uh, in person to, to talk about some of the things we talked about. Um, again, remind you that there's a downloadable worksheet that you can um, you can do as a part of this podcast. And then, of course, I want to encourage you to join us at FRC in Hudsonville uh, for worship on Sunday. I am Pastor Tim Leisinger, and this has been an FRC Digital Network podcast. Mm-hmm.